Welcome to Trans Mafia. I'm Blue. This is Orion. And how's everybody out there in Mafia Land today? I um, I think that they're probably fine, but I'm just gonna jump right into it. I overheard something about a float. Yes. From the parade here. Oh, I'm so sorry. Man. So here in Las Vegas, we had our pride last weekend. We have it in October because the heat is too bad here in the summer. And the parade is at night down um, Fremont Street. Or not Fremont. Yeah, Fremont. Yeah. And, yeah, Fremont yeah. Street. Anyway, so after the parade, one of the floats was backing into an empty, was pulled into an empty lot or backed in, I'm not sure. Uh, and was emptying some stuff from the trailer that they had attached into the back of their truck. And uh, they... I don't know if they did it, so I'm not going to say they did, but somebody ended up running over a homeless man that was sleeping in the lot underneath a tarp. Okay. So, whoever ran somebody over, I had to have known what they did, because that's something you can't, like, not feel. Right, like the bomb. Yeah. Do they, is that person okay, or? No, the person died. Okay. That got ran over, and they caught the, the truck on videotape. Okay. So, hopefully they catch who did it, because even if you just think, what was that, or something, stop. Do they know, you know what organization that they were I don't know any of those details. With? Okay. Or at least any of I that. I mean, it's, that's terrible. Like, I thought maybe it was just like, I didn't know all the details. I thought it was maybe they were just going down the thing and they ran over somebody's foot. And yeah. there happened to be somebody who was homeless. I didn't realize that, like, they had killed somebody. Yeah, no, he died. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I talked to a couple of people that went to the trans parade, or went to the pride parade. Uh, and they said that the trans representation was really not all there this year. Just some kids with flags and uh, not really a, much of a representation. So yeah, yeah, that's that's you know, what I heard. That's yeah. sad. Um, yeah. I know that there were some tables that the local LGBT center put out for trans, but I didn't. Again, like I boycott. Yeah. <laughs> the ones you have to pay at um, for yeah. for my own personal reasons and I, political reasons, but um, I don't I don't know. I have client I know that went there so I'm gonna check with them this week and see yeah. what they thought of it yeah. but I I don't know well the tables that they had for the trans community are all kind of a plot because the center got to decide how they got distributed and picked and choose who they wanted there so again that's not really equal opportunity you don't let one one organization be in charge of that it's a community right. effort you know what I'm saying because that's just the way things I don't know yeah. That's in my opinion. That's the way things like that should be handled. Yeah. So that way, there's no favoritism and all that other kind of stuff shown. But yeah, I boycott Pride here. They a couple years ago, they really, uh, um, they re- they made fun of the trans Pride flag in the parade, and then they called us trannies during the parade. And then when we went to ask them about it in a meeting, they told one of my one of the trans women in the community to sit down and shut up. Um, and it's, we've just had a really not good relationship with Pride since then. Um, some people don't care, but for me, I can't support that kind of behavior. They haven't really done anything to change, and having a trans musician at Pride does not mean that you've changed. I agree, and I think I, I'm really upset that I know that they have money going into Pride, um, but they don't they don't really say where it's going. They don't have any kind of... Like, most Prides at least have, like, a scholarship account, mm-hmm. and I couldn't find anything about that. Mm-hmm. Um, and usually that's something that you definitely put out there because you want people to know that you're a charitable you know you're doing something charitable but um, you have one little piece of glitter on your face I do I wonder where it came from I'm a glitter queen today yes, you're a glitter queen today where's my yeah, piece of glitter it's like right there okay anyway 
something that we publish on our page for Facebook, and there has been an unboxing of the genderless doll. Yes, um, by Mattel? Yes. Yes. So, um, the people that do it is these two uh, little girls, and like their mother tapes them. They usually have like this fantastic hair, um, but it's called Tiny Bangs, but you can find it on our Facebook page. Um, but they're really cute, and they love they love being in that kind of spotlight and stuff. So I'm so excited to get one of those those gender inclusive dolls for my child. I looked at them. Uh, I think that they're really really cool. Mm-hmm. You know, and Finn doesn't really like to play with dolls mm-hmm. per se too much, and I don't really want to get Finn into Barbies. I don't mm-hmm. like the image that Barbies present. I just I'm not okay with any of that. So I'm really excited that there's gender inclusive gender inclusive dolls. Something new that they can. Yeah, yeah, this is a little bit different. This isn't like the fashion, because Barbies came out first as like a fashion Mm -hmm. doll, and it was the first fashion doll. Most of them were either like dolls, like baby dolls. Right. They were always baby dolls or like porcelain dolls, but there were no fashion like adult dolls, and that's why um, Barbie came out. But... Yeah, anyway, I think that they're a different um, different breed. Yeah, I think it's really cool that Mattel yeah. did that. It's pretty awesome. It's very forward-thinking, and again, like, I've talked about, like, my raves about it, yeah. um, but I'm, I'm excited. There is an article about an open letter to HRC from trans community leaders. Uh, that's going to be a whole conversation in itself. Yeah, and uh, I know that we talked about HRC last week, but I feel like this discussion is still going because... We've even posted some mm-hmm. on our page, like about the little boy that shared. But this is the whole thing. This is the whole thing. That's all well and good to like be like, okay, HRC has these trans kids, and everybody's like, think of the children, think of the children. Uh, those children will be adults, and the adults don't have help. So you can help the kids all you want, but I feel like it's more about helping to cisgender parents well, and here's than the, it is helping the kids. Right, but here's the thing is they don't really do that much for parents. There's a lot better places that are trans-led that have the actual resources and actual knowledge okay. to tell trans parents of trans kids how to how to raise them. Not how to raise them, but like the ins and outs of raising a trans youth. Mm-hmm. HRC does none of that. They use them as tokens. Yeah. And then these parents are like, oh, this is great. They're doing all this stuff for my kid. What they're doing for your kid is endorsing somebody who endorsed Brett Kavanaugh and got him an office to to over to put the trans military uh, yeah. ban on the troops. On what one they hand, did, yeah. One hand, they're they're hurting the community. On the other hand, they're just mm-hmm. they're using the community as oh look how inclusive yeah. they are. But again, that's the trans token thing, especially yeah. with kids. Like maybe these kids don't even want to be in the spotlight, but they're kind of being shut. They don't know any it. better. Yeah. They don't know any better. You know what I mean? They think it's a great thing. And to me, it's shameful what HRC is doing. It's absolutely shameful, you know? But parents don't get it. They think it's great. And it's interesting, at the last presidential forum, they did have a couple trans kids on there, but all the parents of the trans kids were also HRC board members. Imagine that. You know? So it's just... Well, it's interesting why HRC would have so many cis straight board members. I really struggle when organizations have like upper management that are supposed to be LGBT organizations and they're straight. I I think it's okay for some of the lower stuff, especially people that are very educated. Mm -hmm. I think it's great to have straight people there, but like when straight people are calling the shots for like LGBTQ people, I really have a problem with that. And that's why like at the LA LGBT center, like that's great that, that they are inclusive, but like it, it, you know, I really enjoyed working there and I enjoyed working with them, but they are top heavy with white men at yeah. the top. And, 
African-American trans women at the very bottom. Well, HRC just, did, just got a new executive director. His name's Alfonso David. Um, and I thought, oh, cool, they got a man of color. I think he was a civil rights attorney. And then he opened up his mouth and started apologizing for everything. That I said, and I was like, it ruined it for me. I'm sick of the t- apologies, especially when you don't even know what you're apologizing for. That means it's empty. You didn't do it, so don't apologize for it. Just change it. Because they keep apologizing and keep apologizing and keep apologizing. And I'm tired of hearing it. And I can get really offended when, oh, just give them another chance. They're changing. They're changing. They're changing. In 2008, I think it was, 2008 or 2009, right in 2009, mm-hmm. but I'll never forget, I felt like I was going to get lynched when Elizabeth Birch was like, yeah, none of them will be including an end of like, all that, that doesn't go away, and it hasn't changed, yeah. the culture hasn't changed, so I'm sorry, but parents yeah, of trans youth that stand up for HRC, and all you HRC fans out there, no, I would just say no. with the HRC take everything as a, with a grain of salt because yeah. they don't know what they've actually done. Put people up that they feel like they can use as a token. Right. Milking people. And then they put out about a billion lists. They s- compile statistics from other organizations and other things and then put out lists. Right. So lists of, of friendly businesses, lists of friendly schools. Like, li- that's great. That's great. I'm glad your organization, with all the money that's being donated in, all you that's can what do you is can make do. some fucking lists. And they're not even good lists. No. I mean, they have Starbucks on there, and Starbucks thinks it's okay to misgender trans people. Take them off the list. I'm sorry, but take them off the list. You know, I just, uh, oh, I do on and on and on. I I can't with them. Yeah. Uh, You know, one of my friends calls me Human White uh, Coalition, and it's pretty much what it is. You know what I mean? And then they come out with this this trans agenda to do all this stuff for us. What you need to do for us is stop co-oping our work, stop taking credit for our work, Give us the money to fund us and let us lead ourselves. Yeah. We don't need you to lead us. We don't trans need you people, to invite us. We don't need you to do anything for us. Trans people have been doing their own forever, um, from like Tri-S to today. So, and if, if you're not familiar with that, we'll go into it, the history of like Tri-S. And uh, I think that trans people have, historically, we've had to do our own. Because whenever anybody tries to help us, quote, help us, it's always with a but or an if or a I want to make money off of this right that I want to make money off of you living and their help is deciding for us what we need mm-hmm. and deciding what we know no 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 that's not help that's co-opting and oppressing us yeah you know um, you know I have a, a non-profit called Trans Pride Foundation and it is trans led um, I think it's important I think all of our board members are trans identified right now um, and I think it's important to have one ally on the board, mm-hmm. but that ally has to be an ally, not somebody who just shows up to, you know, Trans Day of Remembrance and, oh, I'm an ally because I showed up because I did this, but mm-hmm. people who see something and say something, yeah. you know. Um, so I'm all, again, I'm all for allies in cis organizations, just not leading them and not making the decisions. Right. You know, we have an organization here in town, and I'll call them out, called Gender Justice, mm-hmm. you know. Oh, we're a trans-led organization. Yeah, no. They're not. They have a trans clinical director, mm-hmm. but the executive director is the mother of a trans child who now all of a sudden is all of a sudden is non-binary when she became executive director. I have an issue with that. And the other person is also cisgender. Mm-hmm. So, like, that's not trans leadership. Yeah. It's definitely not. I would appreciate if people that are utilizing... Okay, and I probably have mentioned this before, but nothing irks me more than when someone on their email 
puts their pronouns, but then they do like she, her, they, them, when you know it's actually just she, her, or mm-hmm. he, him. Um, you know, don't, yeah, everybody uses they, them, because mm-hmm. that's like part of our language, but that's not your pronouns. Yeah. And so don't put it on there, and that I feel like that's a lot of people are trying to utilize that, like, oh, look, see, I'm, I'm inclusive, I'm special, yeah. I'm like, with it, I'm woke, or whatever. Yeah. It's interesting uh, you say that, because somebody uh, PM'd me and went off on me on Facebook the other day because I changed my pronouns on Facebook to they, he, mm-hmm. because they is my preferred preference mm-hmm. of pronouns, mm-hmm. but I've been, I have gone by he, mm-hmm. and it doesn't bother me, per se, so I had to give people a little time to, to get used to that. Oh, absolutely. Right? And, and so absolutely. I just put they and he. You can't have it both. I said, yeah, I can. For right now, I can. Well, then you, you're not really trans. I'm like, are you serious right now? Yeah, you can't have both. You're not trans then. You're non-binary. I said, first of all, you're not going to decide for me what I am. Um, Period. Second no, of all, binary, you're wrong. Non-binary. <laughs> you know? Uh, like, you can be trans and non-binary or not trans and non-binary. That's It's how you identify. Right. I identify in the trans community because... That's the more comfortable community right. that I'm in. Um, I think a lot more people, yeah, okay, non-binary, but it's not like you're non-binary in your own bubble. Mm-hmm. Like you are still in a world that's very binary, and so to me, glomming onto the trans community where I feel like more like akin with people, mm-hmm. that makes sense to me. Yeah, and for like, am I? And that's fine that you, like, you change your pronouns. I'm talking specifically about, I know, cis people Mm -hmm. that do it. They have no idea what it means. No, they don't, they don't understand that, like, by doing that, it's actually hindering, like, people. Because then it's like, oh, well, you can just use whatever, whatever pronouns and, like, you can say whatever, well, everybody's they, them. Everybody is they, them. Except not their pronouns. Yeah, misgendering is a form of, of... It can be passive-aggressive abuse, it can be non-verbal abuse, it can be all sorts of different things, you know, depending how it's done, if it's done purposefully, or if it's done neglectfully, or if it's done just, you know, for whatever reason, but, like, I was trying to explain to this person, I'm like, look, it's like, kind of when you transition, and you start with your new pronouns, you have to give people around you time to wrap their head around that, and understand, yeah. and all people that kind of stuff, you know, too. and that's what I'm doing. Oh, so you're a trans-trender now. I'm like, no. Like, I... <laughs> I'm like, I transitioned over 20 years ago. I said, but right now, I said, I'm kind of in a period of self-discovery mm-hmm. because I know more about the trans community. Mm-hmm. I know a lot more about gender. Right. I know a lot more about life in general. Right. You know what I mean? Well, you're just playing. I'm like, you know what? I just find I end up blocking them because I'm, I don't, I'm not yeah. going to continue to explain myself to well, somebody like that. Well, that's but, very, very black and white you know. thinking with them where, like, you have to choose. A lot of times people are in flux and they don't know. Yeah. And that's okay if they don't know. Yeah. That's, that's okay. Educate yourself, though, instead of sounding stupid. And, you know, I mean, it isn't for me to say. Like, I have known people that they'll identify as trans for, like, a period of time. And I kind of know. Yeah. Like, I I feel like I've met enough trans people. Your trans star picks it up. Right, yeah. And I'm just like, I know that they're not this, but I'm just going to kind of let it play out. Because it's not for me to tell people, oh, you're gay, you're straight, you're trans. Like, I can know it, but that it is not for me to say. Um, and usually it, when people are not trans, when they're whatever, they lose interest or they find that trans isn't fun, yeah. um, then they kind of drop it like hot potato. Yeah. That's, that's okay. That's, that's, that's totally, you know, self-discovery is an actual thing. But that's for people that are young, for, first of all, I think. Um, 
not that people can't explore older, but the specifically like identifying as trans real quick and yeah. then like going, oh, it seems like it would be fun to be trans. And I had a 14 year old I was talking to one time and they were kind of trying to figure themselves out if they were just gay identified or non-binary or trans or, you know, that whole thing. And um, they came in and talked to me with their mom. who was really cool, really supportive, you know. She was asking more questions than they were, you know. And so uh, she looked at him and she's like, well, don't you want to ask them anything? And they're like, I just don't know if I'm trans or not. You know, I was hoping that you could tell me that. And I looked at him like, no, I can't tell you if you're trans or not because that's not like a decision for me to make. I said, that's kind of something you just have to figure out. Like, you know what I mean? And then we started talking about some other stuff, you know, and uh, they're asking me what, you know, how, like, what are some of the issues in the trans community and stuff like that. You know, so we started talking about like, you know, bathroom, bathroom usage and just jobs in general. Right. You know, kind of waking up and not wanting to look in the mirror at yourself and feeling like it, you know, it's uncomfortable. Right. And they sat there and looking at me through this whole thing. And I stopped talking. They kept looking at me and I'm like, are you okay? Like, oh shit, I am trans. I'm like, well, good for you. I'm like, I'm glad you discovered yeah. that this short, but don't just assume that because you may identify with some of the things I was talking mm-hmm. about. Yeah. You know, I said, I used to, what I urge you to do is go home and journal for a month how you feel. You know? well, and specifically, you know, because I do see a lot of younger kids, uh, we talk about body dysphoria. Yeah. And body dysphoria can happen with people that are not trans. Absolutely. when you start going through puberty and your body starts changing, like, you, a lot of times it kind of sends you into, like, wow, what's happening? Even though you may know technically what's going to happen, yeah. it's still weird when it's happening in your body. Um, people have dysphoria, body dysphoria all the time. Yeah. Um, and like people who are anorexic, bulimic, um, sports, a lot of men are actually very dysphoric mm-hmm. about their body because they, they're not muscly enough or whatever. Right. Um, so body dysphoria does not necessarily denote that you are trans. Right. It's just saying you're not, like, your body doesn't, isn't what you think it should be. Yeah. And I think that most people, because of our society, we do not accept all body types as much yeah. as we've made movements. We don't accept right. that. So, um, a lot of times, you know, because we're in our society, especially people that are raised as women, as girls and women, yeah. um, having body dysphoria is a real thing. Yeah, I was talking to a friend several months ago. We were talking about body dysphoria and how it's different for different people. Uh, and they're straight identified. So I'm like, imagine there's something about yourself that you just don't like. I said, there's something about your body that you just fork about. No, I'm perfectly content with my body. Well, it's good for you then, but I don't believe you. Because everybody has something that they're not okay with. You know, whether they say it or not, that's my opinion. I, I just think that everybody has something that they wish they could change about themselves. Oh, not even just physically. You know, but just whatever it is. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, that tells me that you're not understanding even what I'm talking about. So, but it's the same thing as, you know, cisgender people or straight people or whatever, whoever you are, having an issue with the size of your nose or the color of your hair, the fact that you're bald or the fact that you're heavy, the fact that you're skinny. Like, everybody has something to do with their... For trans people, it's the same thing. And it's not always about our genitals. That's the thing. People are like, oh, it's about your genitals. It's a sex thing. No. No, not necessarily. Because I don't really... I never really cared what was in my pants. That didn't right. bother me because people couldn't see it. Right. They could see my chest. Right. And they could see my feminine face. And they mm-hmm. could see all these other things that made me feminized. Mm-hmm. And that's what bothered me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They so. weren't seeing you how you would like to be seen or how you see yourself. Right. Well, I have, um, I have body dysmorphia. And I think I look totally different. And then I see myself in a mirror and I'm like... Oh, mm-hmm. and for some reason, even though I know 
technically, like in pictures, I look a certain way. I don't see myself on a day-to-day basis yeah. like that at all. And that's a very, it's it's very disturbing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what would you say are the telltale like signs of someone who is trans? Because I have my own kind of list. But what do you think, like when you were, you know, going through your stuff, what were the things where, that you've seen in other people maybe too? Um, a lot of people that are trans have issues with mirrors. They don't like to look in the mirror. They don't like to see themselves naked, like especially getting out of the shower. You know, they don't like to look at their own body. Um, one of my clients used to take showers in the dark mm-hmm. because they didn't want to see their body. Mm-hmm. And, the, and you know what? Everybody has a different um, different extent of body dysphoria, but I totally get it. Yeah. I totally get it because I didn't even realize I had body dysphoria mm-hmm. until after like um, around my bottom surgery until after I had it. And I was like, oh, this is so much better. And I didn't even realize that I was dysphoric about it mm-hmm. because it was that minor to me. So, um, you know, I think a lot of it is depression can be a similar sign of it. Um, I think withdrawing, you know, um, I even think to a certain extent, like anger can be a part of it because you don't know what to do with it. So all it kind of boils up inside of you, yeah. you know, and you can end up being really angry about it. You can end up with addiction issues surrounding it. Um, and if it's not taken care of, the, the little, if, even if it starts as a little bit of body dysphoria, it can really snowball into mm-hmm. this huge problem. Right. Huge problem. But what about things outside of body dysphoria about just knowing if you're trans or not? Um, I think that, like, I don't know, it's kind of hard. But I think that, like, you know, seeing people in a different light and being more accepting of people, um, and not when you see somebody not judging whether they're male or female. Like, just looking at people as people. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, and even just being able to surround yourself with people that are even friendly, um, LGBT friendly, I think is a good thing, whether if you're deciding if you're trans or not. Because if, even if you're not, great. But if you are, then you already know you have a circle of support around you. Right. For sure. You know? For sure. With my kids, especially, like, the younger ones or even the older ones that are, that are starting to... Um, you know, explore that. Usually what I tell them, I'm like, how long have you been thinking that like things are not quite right? And this isn't not quite right, like your body's not quite right, but like things are not quite right, like how you're treated, how you feel socially, what line you, you thought you should be in, like how much you feel like you are like conforming to that doesn't feel right and you know that it doesn't mm-hmm. feel right, but you're still conforming to mm-hmm. it. Like how much of that do you feel? And also, like, how long, like, people, you know, how long have they been thinking about this? How yeah. long have they wanted, had that desire um, to dress a different way or to for people to see? Because a lot of it, it, it is how we are treated by people. Because yeah. men and women are tre- treated differently. Right. Um, non-binary people are also treated differently, but not necessarily in a way that is um, understandable. Right. Well, or, like, pinpointable. Yeah. But... Uh, yeah, with my kids, I'm like, okay, have you been seriously considering things for longer than six months? Yeah. That consistent, persistent, like, and it's not like an obsession. It's more like, I just like, it's like, this is not right. Something's not right. Right. And then what is right? Well, I don't is, know. I mean, is it normal for a three-year-old to look in the mirror and know that they're not a boy or a girl? I, I mean, really, at three years old, people are like, oh, they're just kids, mm-hmm. you know? So for me, being trying being trans identified as a three-year-old is absolutely normal you know but a three-year-old saying oh, i'm a boy mm-hmm. that's not normal 
some, that means that they're trans, yeah. which is okay. Yeah. I'm not saying it's a bad not normal, but like usually kids don't have that issue. Right. You know? Yeah. Kids so, are very, they kind of take things as they are. The only thing that I would worry about with kids is that they only know what they're exposed to. So really if they're exposed to, oh, you're a girl or oh, you're a yeah. boy, and they don't, they know that they're not one thing, then they don't, their only option is the other thing. Yeah. Because they might feel closer to that when actually it might be neither. Yeah. But they don't have the language because we don't talk to kids about yeah. that. We have a very men's and women's, right. men's and women's, men's and women's. Yeah. Like, with everything, it is like yeah. this binary. So when kids are like, oh, I'm this, I don't know if they know that they have more options than yeah. that. But they just go for, they know that this one's not right. Right. Um, and that was my struggle, mm-hmm. like coming out and stuff where I'm like, well, the whole men thing isn't right. Yeah. I'm not a man. And I don't desire to be a man, and I don't desire to be treated like, well, some of the stuff I desire to be treated like a man, because I don't want to be treated like shit. But, um, but on the other hand, like, also know that, like, being a woman was, like, painful and hard, and and didn't fit. So if one is definitely not, and then the other one's definitely not, like, where does that leave you? And there's no language, and there's only been language recently for that. And unless you have a super good support system, it's like you're good however you are. Yeah. Like it is, it can be very, very hard. Yeah, I had a conversation with my mom when she was still alive, you know, and she kept saying, you know, you're not normal, you're not normal, you're not normal. And I'm like, mom, I said, what three-year-old looks in the mirror and tells you that they want, that they're a boy? Mm-hmm. I said, what child does that? I said, not only started when I was three, I said, I that continued. You know, I said, I'm 31 now. Like, come on. It's not going away. It's not stopping. Yeah. Get your head out of the sand. Right. I said, there's a reason. That, there's a reason I tried to commit suicide several yeah. times. There's a reason you kept dropping me off saying there's something wrong with this child. Fix them. Yeah. There's a reason you didn't know what to do. The fact that you didn't know what to do was not entirely your fault. Mm-hmm. I said, but what was your fault was trying to keep me in a box mm-hmm. that I didn't belong in and deciding for me who I was based on how I looked. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's kids that that I you know they are suicidal and I do want to talk a little bit about like trans suicide because trigger suicide. warning we're going to be talking just yeah. a trigger warning real quick we're going to be talking I'll about put a trigger warning on the about uh, a local not a local but a recent suicide in the trans community and yeah. talking about suicide here for a few minutes so yeah. and we'll so, give you a, a heads up when it's done too in case you just want to skip this part of the podcast we understand I think that a lot of the general population cis population may think that people that are trans are committing suicide because they're trans and it's not that people people don't commit suicide because they want to specifically die they just don't want to have the pain anymore they don't want to feel it on a regular basis and feel shitty nobody wants to feel shitty yeah and sometimes that pain is not all wrapped around the fact of their trans identity or their gender identity or their sexual orientation right um it can be lots of different things and there's a high mental health rate uh um high rate of mental health issues in the trans community. But we have to also say that many times mental health issues are caused by society. They are. And not necessarily um, just part of them. People, uh, okay, so one of my professors, because I was talking about the DSM, which is the Diagnostic Statistic Manual, that social workers and therapists and psychologists and psychologists, psychologists, psychiatrists use, um, to diagnose people really for more insurance purposes, mm-hmm. but people with those diagnoses, there is kind of a protocol on how to treat someone 
um, when we have looked at uh, more uh, communities that are smaller, that are more tribal, that are more inclusive because they are smaller, people with mental health issues have less problems. Right. Because they're accepted how they are. They're like, okay, well, Crazy Joe over there is great at making baskets. So we will let Crazy Joe do his baskets, talk to himself, and that's totally cool. When we have mental illness, it can be exacerbated by homelessness, yeah. by poor nutrition, by not getting enough sleep, by like yeah. being bullied, by by being beaten by your parents. I mean, the there is a reason why lots of LGBTQ youth are homeless. Yeah. There's and that make up the largest part of the homeless population. Right. There is a reason why LGBTQ youth have a higher rate of mental health issues, and there are mental health issues that you can get from being in society. Oh, yeah. I mean, because, I had mental health issues before I came out as trans 100% because of the military. Yeah. And that's where my PTSD comes from. It doesn't come from being trans. Right. You know? Right. Uh, maybe a very, very small yeah. fraction of it, but 99% of it is from society and from the military. Yeah, but I mean, is it from being trans or is it because of how society identifies and then how you oppress yourself? Like have that like internalized homophobia or transphobia yeah. um, that makes you confused and have like mental health issues because of. So I'm just saying like mental health issues are not like cut and dry. Right. It is they can be managed and they can be worse and better. And a lot of times, how we see ourselves in society and how it runs mm-hmm. can cause problems. Sure. Because if we are regularly told without being told that we are not wanted, not accepted, not not acceptable, not real, not whatever, yeah. and we do not have any other support, mm-hmm. that would make a person crazy because then what internally that they know about themselves is being, they're being told over and over that's not true. Yeah, and I think sometimes it manifests itself in not good ways. Mm-hmm. What I mean that, like, you know, trans women are typically way more oppressed than trans men mm-hmm. because they're more visible mm-hmm. in public, right? Uh, they're easier to spot, easier to pick on, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and also it's our society. Of, right, it's society. Men should, you know, men right. should be a certain thing. Where, where women, we don't really care what they do, right. more or less. But men, if they do anything effeminate, mm-hmm. then it's something where they need to be killed. Or, you know. Right. But I think that sometimes with trans women, when they transition, and I'm thinking of one in person in particular, and I'm not going to mention their name, but they keep that male attitude. You know what I mean? That male aggression. Mm -hmm. Because I think it's a protective measure, number one, which I totally get, Mm -hmm. you know. But I think there's a fine line there. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I think if you want to be seen in society as a woman, then you need to act like one and not not show off that male attitude, that male machismo, that male privilege. You know? Well, Um, there there is a different way, a difference between men and women. Women are brought up to, you know, be quiet, defer to men. And part of it's um, culture, too. It yeah. is, absolutely. Yeah. But in, in general, because we have colonized, you know, society and, you know, very westernized yeah. ideas, it does play a part almost through the whole U.S. Yeah. or the whole world. Um, but, yes, I know what you're talking about. Like, because men are given... They've done surveys where they found that girls are girls, people assigned female birth and raised as girls, are actually do better in school, but they have less confidence in themselves, and so they don't answer questions, but they get better grades. Where boys, they have more confidence in themselves, but get worse grades, like they think they know. Right. Um, where women think that they don't know automatically. Right. And that's a problem. That is not intrinsic. That is, yeah. a, that is 
by society putting that on people and being like, you need to act this way. Yeah. You know, I don't, I don't think insecurity for women becomes from inside. I think that no. that is absolutely from outside. Yeah. Everyone can be a little insecure, but why are we insecure? Yeah. Because and, we don't match up to something. Yeah, and speaking of that, this topic one of trans suicide, it's about, um, so there was a, a comedy special done by Dave Chappelle about a month and a half ago, I guess or so, and a lot of jokes he poked in there were at trans women. Um, in the trans community. Um, and I don't think anybody knew that he ran those jokes by somebody who was trans. Yeah. But he ran these jokes by a trans comedian named Daphne Dorfman from um, San Francisco area. And um, apparently she thought they were funny and she gave him the green light to do it. Um, subject to her opinion, because she was a trans comedian too. So I, to me, when you're thinking about comedian lines, when you are a comedian, everything is funny to you. Like, you know what I mean? I jo- I make trans jokes all the time. Right. You know, but I'm careful where I make them. And to he, me... He gets to hear it. Right. To me, it's kind of like, you know, trans people can make fun of other trans people, but mm-hmm. non-trans people can't kind of thing. You have to be care- more careful about what you say when you're non-trans, yeah. even in a joking manner as a comedian. Right. Absolutely. You know? Well, I mean, even with trans, though, because there is privilege that goes with certain types mm-hmm. of trans people, like people that are white, wealthy, um, men, male, men identified, male identified, I don't want to say male identified, um, but yeah, I mean, there's, you know, certain privileges, like, penis identified, (laughs) but, but yeah, and the thing of it too is like, you know, if he got caught before making really bad transphobic jokes, and so if you got caught doing it once before, Mm -hmm. then just leave it alone totally, don't do it ever again. You know, um, but the sad part of this whole story is uh, we lost Daphne to suicide last week. Yes. Um, yes. So rest in power, Daphne. We're sorry that um, you felt that that was your option. Um, yeah. Yeah, it is. It, I'm not saying that tra- that suicide is only for the trans community. I think it. You know, people can have issues regardless of like where they are in their transition or how they feel. Um, there's always outside sources and regardless of how many surgeries you have or how complete you feel like sometimes shit happens life happens but again with suicide people don't want to die because they want to die they want to die because they don't feel like there's any end to the suffering they're in pain and they just don't want it anymore and that is painful to not want something so badly that you that your only way out and I know I've been there mm-hmm. so it's not you know it is not unique yeah no um, but you know we, that's part of the issue when I came in and started talking to blue I started bitching about think of the children think of the children I think it's wonderful to consider trans kids and to put things in place part of me feels like it's kind of for the parents of trans kids that that's happening um some of them are helping promote that and i think that that's wonderful but what about the adults that are living that have to work that can get fired from jobs that can that get discriminated on a daily basis that don't pass that can't afford surgeries that that are beaten up or dragged from trucks or you know it's kind of interesting that yeah i I agree with you 100 percent and i I mentioned this to one of the t- parents of a trans youth who I was talking to last week um, who was really into HRC and all this other stuff. And this is not just a conversation about HRC, but just um, going back to what you were talking to. And she was like, well, they're great for my child. I said, are you aware of how they, what they do to the rest, for the rest of the trans community? 
well, no, but my child. And I'm like, and I told her, I said, your child is going to be an adult one day. I said, and you're going to be standing for an organization that does, that's done nothing for your child once they're done being a youth. Mm-hmm. Then what are you going to do? Yeah. I said, you need to think about the rest of the trans community yeah. too and how you're enabling HRC to oppress the rest of us. Right, right. So look at the history of what you're supporting. Look at it's because it's still happening. Mm-hmm. So that I, you know. trans people are still not being hired at jobs. Trans people are still, and, and the whole thing is like, you know, this to be or not to be stealth, right? No, we're some still people, suffering the results yeah, that end us all these people, years later. Some people cannot be stealth. Like, that is not their body structure. Like, someone will always, you know, um, clock them. Yeah. And I, I'm i okay that I'm kind of like people, like, are, but, I mean, sometimes the comments are hurtful. Yeah. You know, I get comments from people. I get looks from people. Yeah. I got felt up at I mean, there's things where, like, because I am who I am, people feel comfortable coming and telling me all kinds of shit. Yeah. Um, And I'm comfortable the way I am, but I'm only uncomfortable when there's other people that I I can feel it. I can feel that shittiness. Um, But I did. I wanted to kind of leeway into because we have some of that stuff, and I'm not really familiar, so I'm gonna ask. I'm going to ask you to talk about this because, you know, we're having these uh, LGBTQ uh, workers' rights and all kinds of stuff going on federally. What's going on with that? Because I think that that really ties into this. So, um, the skinny on the Supreme Court decision is we will not hear anything probably till close to the end of the year. Um, we're not going to hear anything in the, in the very, very near future. Um, I don't know who was following what was going on in the Supreme Court, but Gorsuch was asking a whole bunch of questions. Um, making people think that he might lean our way. Um, we already know, I think, that we have Ginsburg and maybe one other justice on our side. However, I was talking to, not talking to, I'm sorry, I read a post uh, on Facebook by Bryn Tannehill, who's a Washington insider, uh, very knowledgeable, amazing, amazing, amazing trans woman, um, who always keeps it on the real, mm-hmm. you know, and they mentioned in their, in their post on Facebook that, you know, um, they might be trying to include everybody but the trans community in this new Quality Act bill. And I'm like, another ENDA wouldn't surprise me. And for those of you who aren't familiar with ENDA, ENDA was the Employment Non-Discrimination Act um, that HRC and Bonnie Frank and a bunch of other people um, said, well, we don't know how to include the trans community, so we're going to include everybody else but exclude them. And that was maybe eight, nine years ago now. Um, and us, the trans community is still suffering from the effects of that, like now. You know what I mean? Uh, and so when we when I read that post, I'm like, mm, I'm not surprised. I, 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 I'm just not surprised. So I'm bracing myself for either one of three things to happen. Either them to totally just take the Equality Act as it sits. I don't think that's going to happen. Um, to totally um, tar- go ahead and, and put the bullseye on our backs to fire the whole LGBTQ community, right? Or put the bullseye in the back to continue fighting the trans community because we're based on sex and not orientation. Right. And that's where the hang-up is. It's between sex and gender mm-hmm. because nobody can wrap their heads around the fact that there's a difference between sex and gender. Yeah. You know, and when they wrote the uh, Brown, Brown versus Board of Education, that's what it was all based around was sex and gender in sports, in education, mm-hmm. in higher yeah. athletic, in, in, in schools, right? So, I'm hoping that it's not a repeat of Enda, but personally, I think that's what could happen. Um, I don't think that they are ready to shoot themselves in the foot and totally knock down the whole Equality Act because I think they know that if they do that, 
there's going to be a huge shift of people who are just um, going to riot. We're not going to sit down and just take it. Yeah. So I think they might be looking to compromise and split it. So they're going to cover LGBT. LGB and keep out the T. Yeah, which is kind of, that's been happening and that's happened yeah. for a long time and that's not okay. Yeah. Um, because trans people do have the hardest time. And, you know, even with, you know, when we're talking about like racism, even with our laws that are against racist hiring practices there are still racist hiring practices as long as you just don't say it's about race yeah. you cannot hire people for all kinds of reasons um i know that uh i was reading an article last night about you know women being fired from teaching jobs as soon as they started they were pregnant and started showing mm-hmm. like they would be fired that no longer happens but there's other things that happen there was a nurse in where, arizona i'm sorry i mean interrupt you oh uh, you go ahead, go ahead. There, who found out she had breast cancer mm-hmm. and they fired her while she was in the hospital on chemo in the hospital that she worked at so yeah you're absolutely right i mean this shit like this continues to happen you know and it's not people real people don't realize it's not going to affect just the lgbt community lgbt community people think that somebody's gay especially in a right to work state they're just going to go up to them and say sorry we don't need you here and they're not going to have to give them a reason why or if they find out after the fact right. that they're gay yeah the right to work type stuff is really really a problem it's bad that means that any kind of prejudice any kind of bias you look at somebody wrong they can be like go oh, bye yeah and then you have like oh i was fired i have no idea why i was fired like what I think that, yes, there are times that people need to be fired, but mm-hmm. they also need to be told why they were fired. Why were you fired? Mm-hmm. Is there something that this person can improve on themselves? Like, I think that that's fair. Mm-hmm. That doesn't happen, but I think that that's fair. But when you're fired for just being who you are, that's a problem. Yeah, and I mean, the laws under the EEOC need to change because I'm sorry, but any employee that has less than 15 employees should be held accountable. They shouldn't get a free ride just because they have less than 15 employees and the EEOC doesn't have time to investigate. That's bullshit. That leaves a whole lot of people out in the open and open targets. It's like open season, you know? So. Yeah. Let's end this podcast today with our brand new segment. We have a new segment called Trans Behaving Badly. Yes. Trans Behaving Badly because, you know what, we are assholes in our own community. It just is what it is. Sometimes I'm one of them. Uh, and I might even be on sex section of Trans Behaving Badly one time. I don't know. Uh, at least I own my own shit, though. Yes. I say that. Um, but our very first guest spot on trans appearing bad or trans behaving badly. Um, I was reading an article. So at the at the last Equality Forum, uh, the presidential debate, they uh, a black woman named Blossom Brown took that with Mike, which I thought was fucking awesome, mm-hmm. um, because there wasn't really enough representation of the black trans community, mm-hmm. trans women and women. It was well, all about the children. Right. Well, there's an activist named Ashley M. Preston who apparently was supposed to be there and then CNN called her while she was getting ready at home and told her that she wasn't going to be able to ask a question. And so she's like, well, then I'm not coming. Right. So she didn't come. Um, come to find out after, after the presidential forum, she's one of Elizabeth Warren's paid plants. She's a paid staffer for Elizabeth Warren. Oh, really? Yeah. And it came out um, some old, old from 2011, 2012, I think one from 2008. Some pretty racist and homophobic tweets from from Ashley, talking about referring to gay men as faggots, talking about um, some other stuff that was very, very, very inappropriate. Um, and I've had an issue with Ashley in the past and being very aggressive. 
and that's why I defriended her on Facebook. Um, I've been bullied by Ashley in the past, things that she said. Um, you can you can argue with somebody and have a disagreement without putting people down and telling me you're just a stupid white trans man. What do you know? Mm-hmm. That's bullying. You don't need to bring race into it. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's that's racist. When you say stuff like that, that's racist. Mm-hmm. You know, people say black people can't be racist. I'm sorry, but I disagree with that. Especially as a half black man and a half white man, I hate myself sometimes. Joke, funny, but no. But seriously, like anybody can be racist. I don't think it matters what color you are. Mm-hmm. That's my own personal opinion. I'm probably gonna get heat for saying that. But I don't necessarily. I, you know, I don't necessarily agree with you on that. I think anybody can be prejudiced. That's what People I meant. That's, that's a better word. Prejudice, that's but a better racism word. is definitely you can't top down racism. It's um, you can't bottom up racism. You can only top down racism. Right. And so anyway, go ahead. Right. So you're you're right. Prejudice is a better word. Um, better better word to use than racist. But it's. So yeah, so anyway, so those tweets came out, you know, and she's like, oh, I'm sorry, I was in my addiction and all this other stuff. To me, it doesn't give you a free pass, especially when you're a leader in the community. It doesn't give you a free pass, you know what I mean? Um, she's confronted Caitlyn Jenner, uh, which I'd love to do too, but you know, when you're on a board for the organization that Caitlyn's throwing money to, I don't know if that's the right thing to do, especially at one of your own events. So to me, Ashley has always been about fame, mm-hmm. wanting to get her articles in, wanting to do all that kind of stuff. And I think some of the things that are said and done are for that reason. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just my personal opinion. So, um, yeah, I just think that it was a funny to read, though. Not funny, but kind of funny, sad for somebody yeah. who's always talking about, you know, being oppressed and racism to have tweets come out like that where she was doing that to somebody else. I mean, it just goes to show kids these days but it just goes to show that you know whatever you put out there it just stays out there yeah you cannot take it back um sometimes you can't erase them but like if you know like twitter definitely and twitter is such a um uh, a really hard one because it everything goes so quickly yeah but it's all recorded and you cannot take that shit back right so once it's out there it's out there you better have thought about what you did you know we do have a president that like abuses that but you know yeah. So anyway, that is our trans behaving badly. Trans behaving badly. That's our new segment. Yes. If you hear somebody behaving badly, uh, let us know. We would yeah, love we to give them a shout out. And it's, you know, it's just our way of saying that people in our own community sometimes need to be uh, called out and held accountable for their behavior, or their actions, or whatever. So we're not immune, right? Yeah. No. Nope. All right. We're gonna sign off for today, but we look forward to recording again for you next week and uh yeah i hope you have a wonderful week um a good weekend we're going into is this isn't this um we have like coming out day this month and yeah this is whole national coming out month is all month this month so yeah yeah and then next month is trans day remembrance uh i always hate the month of november just for that one reason um i love and hate that event i like that event because it it gives me the chance to remember all that we've lost Mm -hmm. Um, but I hate that event because it's extremely, um, it's a mindfuck. And, and with Trans Day of Remembrance coming up, we, um, I know that Blue has been organizing with mm-hmm. his, with his organization doing, a Trans Day of Remembrance and we are talking about live streaming it yep. on Facebook. So if that happens, we'll connect it to the page. Sure. Um, and then, you know, then you can at least experience it if you're not able to go to something by on your in in person in real life for sure yeah 
So we will uh, catch up with everybody next podcast and leave us a message on Facebook. Tell us you like us. Tell us you hate us. Tell us what to talk about. Tell us what not to talk about. Um, whatever we you're fancy. If you yeah. can, because that helps us get out to more people. Yeah. And also that helps us get paid. That's right. <laughs> Which we definitely need new gear because we already have some, our speakers or our, our headphones, microphones are being crackly. Yes. So, yeah. Yes. So we hope that everybody has an amazing rest of the week, an amazing weekend, and we will see everybody next week. Bye. Bye for now.